Let me just recap us. A dare. What about dad? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. What a dad. What about dad? Hey, 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 everybody. How goes it? How goes it? It's been a hot minute. Oh, Jen and I have been under the weather. I had some <laughs> lack of voice. It was like that one demon just, you know, took my voice like Ursula. Um, <laughs> and Jen, what were you? You had something going on? Or? Yeah, I'm one of those adults who's late in life growing teeth and had a back molar that was infected. And wow. I literally couldn't talk for... A week and a half. Oh, it's been I've been in pain like every day, on a that soup diet. Unpleasant. In the middle of August. Ugh, <laughs> God. Well, guys, we're gonna do kind of a double header today. We're gonna talk about episode five and six, Jolene, and when we get to Christmas or December or whatever it's called, AKA Erper Christmas. We're going from August to December today. Real quick, <laughs> like in a blink of a like, uh, like that, just pow. Um, okay, so, um, episode five, Jolene. Man, that was really great. It was a good episode. It was, it was nerve-wracking. I was annoyed <laughs> the entire time, which made me think that it was a good episode because I had so many emotions. Uh, Zoe Palmer. Motherfucking Zoe Palmer. Jen. <laughs> I was so, I was so excited for episode five that I decided to rewatch Lost Girl. So I'm, like, on season one Lost Girl right now. <laughs> As you do. You know, Actually, I'd never finished Lost Girl, so maybe, maybe it's time. Maybe one day. Um, okay, so like this episode was really interesting. Um, I'm gonna start with kind of a bottom note that I had put um, in this because I think it's really interesting and important, you know, part of the episode and what it kind of meant. So Jolene, I kind of want to skip straight to her. Uh, she is a really interesting demon. There's a lot of questions swirl surrounding her and swirling around her, but the one thing that I noticed, and a lot of us have that saw it, she really was representing the different stages of depression and anxiety and self-worth, like very much so that voice in the back of your head that says you can't do it, you're terrible, you know, um, that people feel, uh, you know, when they're suicidal or whatever. And I found that really interesting that they kind of use that in this episode. This demon was kind of laying down all the doubts that one would have without saying it. You know, we're, we're humans are mean. We can say some really mean stuff, and we may never say it, but we'll think it. Well, this demon made people think and say, you know, how they really felt, or even talk about, like, their insecurities and things like that, which I thought was very scary and powerful because your mind and your own feelings toward your life are kind of the things that can ruin it or make it great, you know? Uh, that's why everybody always talks about not being negative and really trying to look at tough situations with a positive light because it just helps you get through it more. Well, these people didn't even realize they were in for a world of hurt. I get it. It's hard to see the positivity when Joey Zoe Palmer is handing you a scone <laughs> and bedazzling you. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. Um, so, yeah, well, uh, Jolene, what is she... Who is she? How is she related to Waverly? Um, 
you know, in this she kind of said, oh, I can't kill you. You can't kill me. We were born the same time. You know, does that mean, like, by separate parents at the same time? Or is Julian this weird angel thing person, some type of, you know, involved with that? Um, Are you saying that Julian is the baby daddy of both Waverly and Jolene? Yeah, well, I mean, that's the kind of question we had because she flat out says, you know, they're born at the same time. She was given everything when Jolene was given nothing. So they're very much a yin and yang. So do they have the same dad? If he's an angel, how is that possible to create a demon? Or is he like a Lucifer-type demon, you know what I'm saying? Where it's like, you were an angel, and then you were a fallen angel, and you had a good daughter and a bad daughter. Who you knows? know, like, when Lady Gaga, like, broke out of the egg and was singing porn this way? I think that's how Jolene amassed in the Purgatory universe. Right Just as like Lady Gaga. Waverly was being born, there was an egg being hatched at the same time. How about that for... <laughs> Conspiracy yeah, was, theory. Oh, Lordy. There it is. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> um, I really found it interesting that, you know, Jolene wanted pretty much everything Waverly had. She said it. She wanted her family to love her. She wanted her girlfriend to love her. She wanted Waverly to kill herself, you know. And watching that scene between Zoe Palmer and, you know, Dominic was, woo. That was actually really hard. I mean... Good for Zoe Palmer. She finally gets to be a little bit less straight-laced, which was nice to see. Um, and Dominique, just, just taking it, man. Just sitting there with the tears and really just absorbing that, you know, that victim of depression, you know? And she was able to kind of say, no, my sister loves me. No, um, my, you know, family loves me. I, no, I'm going to fight this, you know? And that's a really powerful thing to show on TV, with this character, you know, the, especially being an LGBTQ character. Yeah. The power of sisterhood compelled her it's true. To, to overcome. It's true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> um, now, her effect on said people in this episode, Winona, good Lord, what'd you think, um, like, how'd you think of Winona in this episode and really, you know, her effect or her um, being affected by Jolene? I think it's it's kind of difficult for me to start with Wynona, just because I feel like the first moment that we see in this episode is kind of a, the, the last five seconds of the last episode that we didn't see. And so that was an interaction between Mama Earp and Wynona, and I think their storylines are very much tied together this week. And it's fascinating to see the parallels between Winona Earp and Mama Earp and even to know that this is where she got her self-destructive nature, her self-destructive tendencies from. It seems that Ward Earp was a real bastard. It seems like Winona, Earp, Winona Earp's mother, Mama Earp, has been a criminal and basically this episode, in my opinion, did a great job at trying to exonerate Mama Earp of this past that she had and explain why she wasn't present. And I think that, again, it doesn't make sense to me entirely why Mama Earp would abandon her kids if Ward Earp was in the business of destroying demons. You would think if she saw a demon, she'd go to her husband. I'm interested to see what kept her from going to her husband. But one of the 
greatest parallels of this story for Winona and her mother, this, this episode, would be the fact that both have made large sacrifices for their children. They have both removed themselves from their daughter's lives for a long period to sacrifice for love and for the good of their family and for this quest that they're on, the supernatural quest. And I thought that Winona Earp seems to take both the great and the bad qualities from her mother, take after her quite a bit. And it was really fun seeing these two actresses interact this episode. Yeah, during the whole bar fight situation, that was pretty awesome to see how like they were, you know, smashing people. I love the fact that I love you know, it. A, a Mama Arp was on the chair and when I was like, get down off the chair, you know, that kind of thing. And Take it back a, a, a tick and the moment where Jolene is trying to uh, bedazzle them with some more pastries mm -hmm. and, Ma and and Mama Earp and Wynonna Earp both are like, no, no, more room for alcohol. I was like, that would totally be us at a bar. And if Jolene was trying to bedazzle us, we'd be like, no, no, we need our, we need our drinkies. So yeah, and she was I like, like, let me I, let me work like faster because you guys are alcoholics. You know, never uh, <laughs> un underestimate the power of alcoholic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Turn down a scone in a second for a good beer. That is a true story. <laughs> um, let's get to Waverly a bit. Oh goodness. Um, yeah, saved by the power of love, as we talked about. Um, there's a few things that were interesting about Waverly. I mean, it seemed like she was the main, you know, kind of punching bag in this episode on purpose because the demons after her makes sense. We get to see her finally be around Mama and see that she does start to believe her when she thinks back and goes, oh yeah, there was a, a demon with teeth in a mirror, I remember, and you know maybe she's not as crazy as we thought, that kind of thing, and that was good to see. Um, once again, being that yin and yang is really interesting because everybody was under this uh, illusion of these pastries or whatever, it was really interesting to see how everybody treated Waverly. Yeah, in the bar fight, you saw everybody kind of treat each other like crap. But in the homestead, everybody kind of turned and aimed their anger at Waverly. I wonder if part of the demon's power was to kind of, besides awaken, you know, deep-seated feelings inside everybody, maybe she also was projecting her own hatred to Waverly onto other people. Therefore, they were saying some really, you know, rude and mean things to Waverly. On per well, like they didn't know, but like they would say it and be like, "What? Uh, uh, Why did I do that?" Or, you know, kind of slightly break out of it, which I think is really interesting. That was part of the um, manipulation and, you know, haze of you know Waverly. But ultimately, she had a lot of crying going on, a lot of sadness going on. Um, but I don't really feel in this episode she was she was meant to be kind of a focal point, but she wasn't as important. She was just a vessel for Jolene, so we can learn more about her and about you know, mama, and it was more a setup. I did feel that there were a lot of callbacks to season two where we found Waverly more the central character. It felt like we were picking up where we left off with that pin drop. What is Waverly? Who is she? You know? And I thought that that was something that has been really, really slow to develop. And... You talked about it. You were like, really, there are four people who are involved in the in the actual main storyline. And that would be Winona, I mean, Waverly, Nicole, Kate, and Doc. Well, well, no, what I what I put down, because um, to me, 
for the last few days, it's been like this. I said, who's involved with Balshar? Who's involved? Like, really, whose life is revolving around this issue? You might say Winona, but at the present, Winona is the only actual ERP. Mama is a Gibson. Waverly is an angel, okay? So the only person that, the people that really are involved, Nicole, Doc, Kate, Robin, and the town of Purgatory. Um, they are the only things that really have to do with Vulture, you know? Because, yeah, you might tie everybody else in. Waverly doesn't really have much to do with Balshar at all. That, we, that her, we know of yet. Yeah, that yeah, we know of yeah. yet, other than her girlfriend, something's going on there. And that her sister's family, that what she thought her family was, was under this curse. But it just so feels like, that the Waverly storyline and, and Waverly's Balshar, wrong. Yeah, it's only Mama, Bobo, and Waverly. It just feels like the storylines are on path to collide. And now that we know that Waverly has some form of... Um, angelic past past story um blood we know and that we know that Valshar is seemingly this devil and we have these parallels of yin and yang it feels very much so that maybe hers is the yin you know being this um angel to nicole's possible devil daddy we don't know we don't know well yeah um <laughs> and that's something we're going to talk about but um we have doc in this episode jolene is pretty much just Confirming, putting down in his head that he's worthless, that he's useless, that he's not important to any of these people here, and that nobody cares for his little whiny, you know, baby daddy situation. Which, I mean, let's be honest, kids. Jolene was talking for all of us at this moment. Yes, I love Tim. He's a fabulous Doc Holiday, But, man, they are really screwing over Doc lately. He's not as... He has kind of... Like, I'm over the whole, I'm going to hell... Oh, I get every woman I ever want. Oh, I'm a gunslinger. Okay. What else do you have to offer us, Doc? <laughs> like, what else is there? Oh. It feels that the storyline between Doc and Kate feels so much like Rosita and Doc of last season, but mm -hmm. less so, more watered down. feels like all the growth we saw in season two for Doc, where... He, we got to see him being a jackass in the past, and we got to see him grow from that, and now we're reverting back, and it just feels that he's on path. It's like, why make all these really terrible decisions if they're not going to? And this is my own prediction. I think that we're on path to see a dark flip into darker territory, into being possibly a big bad or a... Uh, a, uh, an antagonist next season. And the reason why I think so, and the reason why I think Doc is so out of character right now, is because, I told you, he has the most experience with the supernatural world, and he is making the most rookie mistakes. He was a, he was a gunslinger with, with Wyatt Earp, killing demons way before he ever met Winona Earp. He has had the most contact with demons in the spiritual world, and he is just making all these terrible decisions that you would think he would be an expert at at this point of his, in his life. And it's just, it's hard to watch, and personally I find it's hard to believe and accept this of this character. I just can't really. Yeah. So I feel like 
this time around last year, we were getting that incredible scene at the dinner table between him and Winona, and it was beautiful, and I was like, tearing up a little. This time, <laughs> this year, I just, I don't know this man. He has a secret wife that we uh, we didn't know about, and he's oblivious. He's yeah, oblivious. Yeah, it kind of feels like, it kind of feels like um, there was no reason for him to keep the wife a secret, you know? Yeah. Um, he could have just been like, oh, this is an old wife from the old times. Hmm, that's going to be weird. You know, something. Um, also, the only thing that, for me, kind of felt good in this episode of the doc is that he did the whole, you know, F you, Bolshar, you can tip me to go to hell, but if I'm going to hell, I'm taking you with me, which that was the only moment that he felt like old Doc Holliday, where mm -hmm. he just strolled up, you know, Manda looked him in the eye with that, you know, ring and said, come at me, bro, I got this, you know, and that showed kind of the season one, season two doc that I, I missed. And I was like, all right, cool, I'm here for it. You know, and you had said something that I think is going to be really great, which would be nice, I think, because um, we have Bobo, right? And just a quick side note, you know, Bobo is over here revealing that she's part angel. He's like, hey, guys, I got the tea. My question is, how is he Waverly's kin? He says she's not my daughter, but she is kin. So what does that mean now that we know that she's half angel and that, um, you know, her father's an angel? How, how does that work? Are they brothers? Is that something like how? how? Uh, Bobo is strong enough to hold Peacemaker. When he's threatening Wyatt, he grabs the Peacemaker and just holds it there and says, I'll come back and kill you with your own damn Peacemaker. I don't give a damn. You know, you better take care of this baby. And I thought that was really great. We've seen Robert's Fiend be a wonderful person. We've seen him be you know, fearless and kind. And so the fact is, right now we see Doc trying to be good, but ultimately he's been kind of an asshole most of his life. And we've seen Bobo get screwed down to hell, so he's unintentionally being made an asshole, but he was a good man all his life. Uh, Jen, you had said this earlier, we would love to see a flip. Mm -hmm. I would love to see Doc end up being the bad guy and, you know, pretty much unable to stay good because that's not really his full nature and then it'd be great to see Bobo whose his real nature was to be a good man you know be redeemed and kind of absolved of that once they've killed you know Bolshar I think that's I don't know I think that'd be really great and um I'm ready for Bobo and Waverly to get on the same page yeah and, and this brings us back to Waverly a little bit uh, I think that's what I was I wanted to allude to. I'm ready for them to just tell each other what they know. It, and, I, and I was really hoping to get that. We did have a moment where Waverly goes to the well. And I, 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 we don't have it quite yet. And yeah, I'm looking forward to that in this, in this season. I want to see it. Yeah. Show me. Now, um, <laughs> let's flip over to um, if we make it through December because um, a lot of this last two episodes were kind of, um, you know, tied in together. Oh, real quick, because we know you love it. And I know, I was well. about to say you forgot it. How I could you forget I it? sure didn't. No. Uh, our way hot moment at the end, how effing cute was that? Um, them on the floor, just kind of cuddling. I love the fact that Nicole's kind of telling this, like, story of, like, this is how I defeated or I, you know, overcame the demon. And she's like, you do realize the ring came back. She's like, yeah, probably not good, but uh, we'll deal with it later. You know? <laughs> Which 
I find that's a lot of the answers they give in the show. Um, but, I mean, it is kind of creepy that it came back to her, but that was such a precious, cute moment. I, I think that um, Dominic and Kat are <laughs> killing me, and I think that they are so now comfortable being these characters that it's really, like, almost painful to watch some of their moments because you're like, I'll never have that. <laughs> you know? It's like, how dare you rub it in our faces? Um, but it's super precious. All right, now we'll go into, um, you know, if December episode, Christmas for the Erpers. Interesting episode. Um, didn't resolve anything, but definitely put more on the fire. I feel like this show's issue is that the only real issue they have is that they don't talk to each other. Like, nobody communicates. That's really their only problem in the show. Yeah, yeah, demons. But if they're like, hey, there's a demon over there, let's kill it. Oh, hey, I love you, but you have communication issues or, um, you know, relationship issues. You right. I'm going to go sleep with this fireman. Like, you know? Like, I, think, I think that's kind of like if you wanted to put it like a... I think that's kind of exactly what... Jolene's the last episode Jolene was about you said it once in the podcast about two podcasts ago where you're like these people just need to all be in the room and tell each other what they know so we can move through this next plot I felt like that whole episode was dedicated Jolene was dedicated to one episode where everyone's like uncomfortable truths. well it's funny it's funny people did uncomfortable truths but then they didn't really like talk about it they just said it and then walked away <laughs> it's yeah. like Mic drop, and you're like, but but what? But but let's talk about it. They're like, no, no, I've already dropped the mic. Good day, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, in this episode, we had um, Nedley, poor, poor Randy Nedley. He's over here trying to be Santa, and he is broken down. I mean, he doesn't want nobody on his lap because his knees are all messed up. I completely understand that. I got some real jacked up knees on myself, so like, I get it. He is just over it. He's He's getting tired. He's finally run his course. He found somebody to take over. He realized that he's starting to make mistakes, and Nedley doesn't make mistakes, you know? Nedley's prided himself on being a father figure and being really good for the city, but, like, now, not saving a child, all this other stuff. Poor guy, he's just, he's over it. I mean, we he did show his strength when the Mercedes widow had him, and, you know, she was kicking his ass, and he just kind of, fought back with sarcasm and that showed us how badass Nedley is and it was almost kind of sad to see his like realization that he's oh like he's done you know kind of like I don't know watching Batman put down his his ears Commissioner hey. Gordon Commissioner Gordon he's the Commissioner Gordon you right. Okay. right you're right you're right <laughs> yeah I would say this show this week was probably the episode this week was probably about 30% big bad of the week. And the big bad was a demon who was kidnapping all the, the childrens of the original families. It's Bolshar. Uh, it's not even like a demon of the week. That's just Bolshar. It's, he's the main bad and, and feeding them Nickelodeon green goo. I thought it was a demon who was serving Bolshar. I didn't think it was Bolshar. Well, he was there oh. telling, telling so, demons how to kill people or but the things in them i think for me where there's an imbalance is the in, in in the episodes so far i saw this in this episode in episode two with dolls the departure of dolls just where 
the demon of the week is interesting until he kind of fades out into some other stuff because there's a lot of plot happening at the same time. And what it is is it feels packed by each character's, like, you have storyline A, B, C, D, and each character has their scene, big or small, and then you barely have any room for this, like, big bad. And I felt like, for me, in this episode this week, that came down to the moment where we were going to almost see a big fight between the big bad and then he's just completely disappeared. And so I'm going to say in this episode, I really didn't love the pacing because I felt like I wish we had spent more time with this big bad and his green goo because that shit was gross and I was intrigued. Yeah, there it is. no, I'm here <laughs> for that. Um, getting through all these characters, um, real quick, we have Winona, okay? She, once again, it was actually kind of precious to see her kind of realizing, oh man, my mom's home doing Christmas after so many years about having a mom and almost being the mom. You know, uh, we're finally seeing Waverly and Winona be children to their, to be like daughters to their mother, you know? Um, but also still be grown-ups because, you know, they've been holding the house down since she's been gone. So it seems really interesting that mom was kind of giving them that space, but still like, we're doing Christmas, we're doing this, listen to your mother, you know, kind of thing, which is quite nice to see. I I like that moment between her and her mother where they're doing the dishes. They have, Winona is struggling with finding a place for her mother in her life. And they had that little line about like, you know, you're using the water, it's a waste. And she's like, I don't do dishes in a dirty bath. Yeah. That was a really sweet moment. Just just a line that really influenced emphasized what we were just saying about that you know exactly this new relationship i love that um well not love but she's showing in this episode her lack of commitment um i think her indecision about doc is really kind of well really screwed him up and it just shows that she still doesn't feel she's worthy and i think a lot of that which pisses me off has to do with dolls um the idea that i think she was i still believe that she was absolutely really in love with dolls but that she had a fling and an attraction to Doc. So she's like, oh, I don't really deserve Doc. Oh, woe is me. Um, no, you're better than Doc. That's why he doesn't deserve you. But the only person that ever said that you, I deserve you, you deserve me was dolls kind of attitude, you know? And the fact that he's gone, now she's like, oh, I'm not good enough. And it's like, that was never the case. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was an unfounded emotion, which I thought was kind of weird. Because they've clearly shown time and time again that she is worth them I, I just fighting think, over. I totally get what she's doing, though. I feel like th- it's her habit to run away, but I also feel like she's had the bug pulled out from under her by Doc twice now. True. Once with Rosita, now with Kate. And it's just like, pull me once, shame on me, pull me twice, shame Yeah, you got me. I just feel like that, for being someone who cannot stand to be vulnerable... In any way, her running away from Doc into the first open arms she can find makes a lot of sense for her character. Mm -hmm. But then also just, I totally get it. As a woman, I wouldn't hang around for Doc either just because of this flip-flopness that he keeps putting in her lap every other other season. There's a new woman. So, you know, I get it. You know, her insecurity about opening up, being vulnerable, her self-worth, you know, I get her putting her walls back up. No, I get so, that too. Yeah. And I think that um, that kind of shows in the whole character of Charlo- uh, Charlie. 
Um, like, what? what is that about? Um, let me just go on and say it. Yay, we have another white male hero. Woohoo. <laughs> like, yeah. Jesus, we could have picked anybody else, but all right, cool. He looked like the last guy that was on the show, so it's just like, what? Fine, yeah. copy cut. With, uh, I, almost, I almost didn't understand why they didn't bring back the, the last former Black Badge guy to Maybe, play Charlie. I, well, I think they didn't bring him back because it's too close to dolls, and that would have yeah. been really crappy, so... I don't know. I just, whatever. My question is about this guy. Why is he so cool with the demons? He was not phased by the goings-ons. He was cool. Seems like the relationship is going way too quickly. It, it's, it's like you, in 24 hours, guys, she met him at the crime scene, flirty, flirt, McFlirt's in, and then they're sleeping together by the end of the day. That seems extra. <laughs> like, that seems extra fast, knowing that Doc was like, do you love me? Just say you love me. And she's like, I gotta go. And then like, you know, just, it's a lot of stuff. And I was like, I don't get it. I feel like he might, this is my kind of prediction for that guy. I think he might be an undercover black badge agent because he's a little too chill and he's a little too gun ho to fight and be on the team. Like he doesn't really know where his, her team is or what they do, but he's like, hey, I want to be on the team. That sounds cool. Cool, cool, cool. Team, team, team. Sir, where'd you come from? <laughs> <laughs> How do you let know me this? see. Let me see a resume. Yeah, you know, you know he, I, I just feel like this is an example of when you have too much emphasis on the spiritual world, this being spiritual detectives, and you don't develop your pedestrian world. Anytime you bring somebody from the pedestrian world, I'm I'm so like paranoid about them. I'm like, who's this? You're a demon. I instantly want to uh, think the worst about them. It did feel very unclear for me. I didn't understand what Charlie was. I didn't know if he was a fireman or a policeman or how he was helping in the search. But, I don't know. He's a part of the fire brigade. Either way, last season they destroyed the firehouse. I wish they could have connected him to the community a little bit better. Yeah. So, anchor him in something. Make him a deputy. Nicole, in my opinion, she needs more officers now that she's going to be what she is. And I think so, that actually might end up being a thing with more characters that you see her working with people who aren't just her posse, but um, a few more people inside her own division that she can pick herself. And maybe that might be like a, who knows, an end of the year or end of the um, s series type thing where we see her almost becoming the new Nedley of picking a new, you know, person. Who knows? We don't really know. Oh, wow. um, speaking of Nicole, oh, bless her in this outfit. She's dressed like an elf. And we know she's a tall lady, in a, and that's just hilarious to me, as a Santa's assistant. Um, this episode really showed her leadership, I think, um, as far as, like, really leading the search, keeping people calm, just showing that part of her work. The pedestrian stuff that we talk about in Purgatory, we got to see a little bit more of it, you know, at least on that front. And I actually really enjoyed that. Um, there's just a lot that... Uh, with Nicole that I think is really interesting. Um, you were mentioning that we hardly see other officers outside of Nicole and Nedley at the station. I think we need more more officers we do. in the station that she interacts with on a small basis so we can, when they bring them into her world, it feels more less um, forced. Yeah. I felt Charlie was forced. Yeah, and it's really cool because this episode, we saw her kind of taking the reins and really trying to lift up Nedley. She was really, really, really trying to just be like, no, you got this. We all have bad days. It's okay. And I thought that was a really great 
um, part of her character that she does share with the other team. And, you know, the thing is, and they're kind of pointing it out, Nicole has a lot to offer to the kind of Winona clan, and they do exclude her out of a lot of things. And I think that is unfortunate um, that that keeps happening. Yeah, absolutely. I also felt like watching Nicole's storyline, I was a little like, Alex Danvers would be so proud. It's almost like she and Alex Danvers have the same storyline <laughs> this season. They both become like promoted yeah. and their father figures leave and they have short red hair and they're tall. Ah, I need that crossover. <laughs> that crossover. <laughs> um, okay, then we have um, Doc. Let's get through with Doc in this episode. Um, we see from the get-go, he's just trying to show people he is a man. I think that's a lot of his thing. His masculinity seems to be threatened a lot, hence why he's sleeping with everybody that walks. And he's just looking for love. But he's showing it in a really crappy way. So, like, this Christmas tree was a nice thing. He's like, goes to the Earp house. Hey, I got this Christmas tree. They're like, we already have one. And it's decorated. And he's like, but this one's, you know, from the woods. And they're like, get the hell out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, well, damn. You know? And I love the fact that he's afraid of Mama Earp. That's great. Um, I love that dynamic. And then he goes to Jeremy. Even his little boyfriend is like, get that shit out of my office. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm allergic. <laughs> and so, like, you know, he's like, well, dang, it's just a gesture. He's he's constantly trying to prove or trying to get um, accolades Provide. for being, yeah, it's just. He's a provider. He is a provider. He wants to be, and he's not getting that option. And so this episode, we see a lot more of the um, of Kate manipulating him, in my opinion, and he gets what he wants, which is somebody to take care of, you know? Uh, remember when Winona was pregnant and he couldn't shoot any guns because his gun was shooting blanks, and she ended up killing things, you know? And he's like, ooh, I forgot how good it felt to kill things finally when he killed the widows. But, like, he, for a while, he's been unable to provide the way he is used to providing. You know, he provide his eternal life by giving the ring away, but that was it. But he was still mad about it, you know. He feels like he's been doing all this stuff with no payoff, you know. And so I kind of think that's a really interesting thing. Doc, doc, doc. Ugh. And to his decision, at the very end of the episode, he makes a decision to go back to his wife. And ultimately, it was funny. He um, was so out to lunch, Doc, he never realized his wife was a vampire. So <laughs> he was He's like, I bit you. I wanted to bite you. Doc, can I suck your blood? Doc, can I do this? Doc, I'm a vampire. How are you going to say, I thought it was role play? <laughs> <laughs> he really did. He's, he's so oblivious that he, he makes a, like, a impulsive decision due to his rejection. They rejected his Christmas tree. They rejected so him. Yeah, so, which is metaphor for... Uh, also, rejected his, rejected his help in the whole case. She chose the guy she met two seconds ago over Doc Holliday. And then, and then he makes this impulsive decision to go back to the wife and decides, what the fuck, I'm going to be a vampire today. <laughs> yeah, you know, and also something that he wasn't thinking about his daughter. He wasn't thinking about... Anything that the team has, the bullshit thing. Can you now leave the Ghost River Triangle now that you're kind of, like, evil? Um, also, the fact that he flat out said, Contessa, you, it wasn't that we were uh, bad timing. It was that we were just bad together. So, 
is that a setup for them being bad together, you know? It's gonna be this weird Bonnie and Clyde thing. Like, it just seems extra as fuck. Now, Kate... Uh, sorry, I'm moving on from Doc because it's the same shit every week, so I'm kind of, like, over it. But moving on to Kate, she's manipulative. I don't... I, I liked her in the beginning because she seemed like a fresh character, you know? And I was like, oh, okay, a little sassy and this vampire, this oracle-type situation. But now she's become stale. Uh, all, we don't see her as much. All we do get is, oh, Doc, oh, Doc, I want to meet your friends, but, like, not, like... Seeing as she seems active, I don't know why she won't just go visit and meet people, but okay. Um, she's just kind of becoming whatever to me. I think her character is very cliche. I think when you don't develop her, if you don't work with this character, and we've, it's been six episodes and we still are seeing vampires and tarot cards, but beyond that, when it's not filled with anything else in terms of character development, you just end up with this cliche of, Tarot cards, which are used in every other supernatural situation, a tarot reader. So I haven't been given enough to know her, and she feels more watered down than Rose, Rosita of last season. And this is very unfortunate. Yeah. And, and it's because, it's unfortunate because she's an African, she's African American character. African. I was going to say American, I wasn't sure she's American. Uh, she might be Canadian, yeah, but still. Canadian. Yeah. Um, the thing is, also, yeah, it is unfortunate, and uh, it's because she's tied to Doc. It's kind of the same idea as saving James by putting her with Lena in Supergirl. It's like, oh, we're gonna save Doc by giving him this new intriguing character. She was intriguing, but now she's being kind of dragged down by Doc's bullshit. And I don't know. I just, I just need them to get Doc's stuff together because I, I miss good old Doc. And I think that their chemistry is good, and that. It could be a really great, you know, pairing. Not even romantically, just, you know, the volatile state of each thing. It would be great. But, uh, I don't know. We, I guess we have to keep seeing it. Um, <laughs> next in this episode, we had, um, who was part of the Big Bad, we had Jeremy and Robin, mostly Jeremy, you know. I mean, uh, Robin being captured. Uh, he kind of was playing the big, you know, hero of saving that little boy and going, no, I'll go next kind of thing. Um, we had poor Jeremy love lorn and sad cut off his doc stash which well welcome back jeremy uh he's got he's got a robin stash it's like a light yeah like peach fuzz yeah yeah it's precious <laughs> it, it still brings back that innocent thing and i thought that was cute much like girls who get dumped you know who color their hair he shaved his mustache you off. know i've never heard the term ghosting maybe because i'm like old but i did not know what that meant i was like what does he keep saying ghosting you, you were, you were, I, I didn't get that. And, and then, do you now know what it is? I do after watching the episode. Never been ghosted. Because <laughs> you're always the one to ghost. Oh, uh, uh, all right, 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 the things that they put in the mouths are seeds. The green stuff fertilizes the seeds. And what Robin found, that tree with the eyeball and the blood, that was probably a person at one point. And I think he's going to try to turn the first people of purgatory into these tree things. And already Robin was coughing up um, brown or like dirt. And the fact that he didn't say anything, but we see that green on his mouth, means he's 
probably not going to be in this show very much, like, much longer. It's going to be that sad trope of, I found the boy, he was perfect, but now I have to just watch him, and I'm going to water him until I'm gone. You know? <laughs> this is going to be a fucking tree now. It's going to be like the Chronicles of Shannara. Yeah, it's going to be sad. <laughs> the exactly. love interest He's becomes a tree. <laughs> 100%. That's exactly what's happening. Well, okay. This whole, this whole, I love that whole conspiracy, and if it's true... Then the fertilizer, the green shit he was eating was fertilizer, and that per- fertilizer, as we all know, is poop. So, green poop. Thank well, you for confirming that. Well, <laughs> green poop confirmed. All right, cool. And then the last person we had going on in this episode was Mama. I mean, she looked happy being with her girls and being back in the, you know, thing. I loved her bottle opener Christmas sweater. I feel like I need to get me one of those. <laughs> and then, um, you know, she actually, I found it really interesting. She goes, hey, if you want to know more, go talk to Bobo. And Waverly then, go talks to Bobo. And then, when she has more questions for her mom, she gets upset that Bobo told her stuff. So I'm like, wait, I, why? I just, I just feel like there's a moment in this episode where they're making the Christmas dinner and Waverly's like, so mama, tell me about daddy. You know, and I feel like that's just a moment where the mother does such a good job of ghosting Waverly. She gives her, like, zero information. I would be so angry if that was me. I would be more insistent. I wish that Waverly had been more insistent in that moment. But as far as um, the very end reveal, where Mama Earth lets Bobo out of the well in exchange for Jillian's whereabouts. What do you think about that? I'm down for it. Um, I feel like, I, like I said, I think Jillian, Jillian is a fallen angel. I don't think he's like true good guy. Maybe like Michael and Zena, how he was like, even though his angel is kind of a dick. Um, I think that's that, what I think Bobo is. I think Bobo's the fallen angel. Well, I think that they're related. I think that Jillian and Bobo are brothers. That's cool. I like that. You know, um, and instead of becoming a demon, he became an angel for whatever reason. Um, I think that um, it'd be really good. If um, Bobo would, I don't know, have more to say. Can't wait to see him wreak havoc now that, um, you know, now that, what's the word? Um, well, now that he's I mean, out, you know, I'm here uh, for it. I'm, let him out the well, give him some turkey. Let's see. I, the, I, 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 I've been very curious about this eating situation for Bobo. It's like, does he eat? Can he eat? How hey, long was he, he lying in his own feces in the well? We never I th- know. <laughs> I, I, I thought that as well. I was like, how long does he go without eating? Because like, if this is the first time he's eating, then does he need to? I just I have a lot of questions about that, a lot of theories. I've been pro-free Bobo for like the longest time. I'm ready for some clarity in the issue. Overall, what would you rate these two episodes? Adair? Um, I'm going to give them both sevens. Um, I thought that they were, there were some interesting things there, but not a lot going on. Um, I love the, um, the, the, the niceties of the, it being Christmas in August. Great, great, great. Gives us a little bit of a timeline of the year for them. Um, I want more. I just want more. Like right now, the only people that I kind of care about are Nicole's storyline. I want to see what happens to Robin. Cause that I'm sure that's going to be so sad. Um, and I want to finally wrap up the angel situation. Reason I, it's the same feeling of like Doc, I'm over him talking about hell. Like, okay, we get it. You went to hell. Get over it. Like, it's the same thing with the angel. Like, yes, 
okay, she's in the Mama Claus outfit dancing for her girlfriend because that was awesome. But a few things. She has the angel wings behind her. We get it. You're an angel. You've said it. They've said it. Okay, moving on. Why did he leave? That's what I want to know. Why? Uh, and so actually, Julie Bobo said something. No, actually, Bobo said something really interesting. And that's what I want to know. He goes, only some people can see where he's at. So it's not a matter that he's gone. He might be frequencing on a different plane. Like, he might be on a different frequency, like a different plane, and only certain people can see him. Maybe Waverly has to let go of something, maybe her earthly thing, or has to go somewhere or get to, like, a meditation state, and we'll be able to see her own father. We'll figure that out. But Just saying, if that's true, then um, Mama Earth went to another plane to bang. Well, actually, also, I think it's called a Nephilim, where there are um, angels, at least biblically angels, there were angels, who came down and impregnated women. And then those spawn did something, <laughs> or that whatever. Sounds, that sounds like a crazy party right there. It's a crazy <laughs> thing, but yeah, that's like biblically, so like, maybe that he was, that's why I keep thinking he might be a fallen angel. He's one of those things. Um, the show, th this episodes were good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really here for just, like, Nicole stuff, becoming sheriff, and seeing how that dynamic works with the city and with, um, yeah, with the city and with, um, what do you call it, uh, the, the group, you know? And then I want to see, is Mama going to continue to be good? I also think that her and Nedley need some time to act together, because that seems like a pairing I'm here for. Um, Bubbo, do you... Can't wait to see that. Kate, I just wish that they give her more stuff because she's a good character. I think that she has a lot of potential and I think she could be a good ally or a good whatever. But that whole scene with Wave, I mean, I know in a doc and Kate was like, it was awkward. I, I didn't like it. I was like, this is stupid because like it, there's a lot of things that I didn't like about it, but that's besides the point. Um, but yeah, that's how I felt. What do you think? I think that I'm going to give this first Jolene episode a uh, six. In this episode six, I think I'm. I really just like the pacing. I feel like there's just too much, and when you have scenes where you have Robin captured, and the climax is Winona running into the danger, and then we cut away just to see his mouth have green stuff in it, and you don't know what happened to the demon, and he disappears off camera. I don't like to see that stuff go unresolved. I don't. I feel like also I'm giving. It is six, the last two episodes, because I feel like in the previous seasons that you and I both were, we had a harder time when it came to you, the conspiracy theory. It was harder to predict where they were going with this. And I feel like uh, Waverly being an angel is kind of like the most obvious way to go. And in this season, we've, we've pretty much predicted what was going to happen, minus the dolls thing. But I feel like the reveal of Waverly's angelic nature is, was, it was the first place we went when we made these kind of theories. And I think we've guessed quite a lot. So as far as us being surprised, I wish we were more surprised. Yeah. I wish it was, it was just pushed further. I think the coolest surprise, but even though it's like a prediction, because let's be honest, it could very well happen, would be that Nicole is Balshar's daughter. Or related to Bolshar. I, I want Nicole to be adopted, maybe. Or, and she didn't know, you know. Or, but then Waverly has already dealt with that. But 
maybe she was branded, maybe something happened, but I want Nicole to almost have a bad side. Um, like I said, I'm happy that we got to see her a little mean in Jolene, because we never see her mean or upset. Not really like that. Um, so yeah, I, I think there should be... And also, I think, I think for me, just like the threads of these characters that they're bringing in, like Charlie and the officer from the Black Badge, if they're not adding to the story enough for me, they're not like stay, they're day, they're day players, right? But the things they're doing to me don't necessarily add to the episode. And I think you could do the whole episode without Charlie, without Nick Collins from Ricky Blue, and, and, and I would probably get more from the episode. Yeah. I wish they could strip back and and you'd find you'd have more content. I would like to stop adding characters so that we can catch up on the storylines that we have and then add characters, you know? Yeah. Um, I wish that Jolene was longer, stretched out. That whole um, real slow burn of poisoning people's minds I think is more fascinating. Than, bada bing, bada boom. You have self-doubt. I think it should have been drawn out because these people are confident and almost cocky to a point. So it would have been nice to really see them broken down. You know, but whatever. Anyways. I think, I mean, without a doll's contract and with Dark Matters coming to an end, you can absolutely cast Zoe Palmer and into seasons. And I would love to see her being a bad guy who just existed in this universe for, like, ages. Yeah, and that's something that also I, I was telling you about. I said, with Balcher, what's the end game? You beat him, there's no curse. There's no Winona, there's no demons, there's no revenants. What's the point? So he's going to have to go away, you know, without them really succeeding, um, unless they only plan on having this show run for four seasons. Yeah. Which, the way it feels, it kind of feels like they're doing that. No, I think it's going to get enough season. It already has the next season. I mean, that's what I'm saying, only four, though. I mean, like, they're going to be at number four. So, like, if you beat Valshar, what's the curse? What's the problem? What's the issue? You know, and then that's not going to be a thing. So... <laughs> I don't know. I think it's going to be silly. But what do you guys think? Uh, please, you know, write down in the comments. Like, let's have a dialogue. What do, you, what do you guys think is going on here with everybody's characters? Who are you excited to hear about, see more of? Who are you over? How you feel about Doc? You know? Uh, make sure you guys hit us up on Twitter. I'm always there, hanging out. Um, it's at whatabout underscore dat. And make sure you hit us up on iTunes. Take us with you in your ear, you know? We have these long podcasts. We're just hanging out. Uh, and you can go over some of the things we said and just kind of, you know, put them down. You know, write them down and figure them out because each week it's going to be quite interesting. Um, also, we're going to be starting to work on um, meetups, possibly, in New York. I know there's some Manhattanites and people out there who are really trying to get together and, you know, get our ERP on. So maybe, like, once a month or whatever, or on the big episodes, possibly, we could, you know, start getting meetups and do events and stuff out here. So just keep your guys' eyes and ears peeled to our page, and we'll let you know the, the, the recent things. Jen, anything you got to say? Um, no, that's it. I, I really enjoyed casting today. Thank you for this. All right, well, have a good one, guys, and we'll see you later. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. If you want to take us on the go, we are now available on iHeartRadio and iTunes. And if you feel like chit-chatting, feel free to slide on over to Twitter at whatabout underscore that. Hope to see you soon.